babbling. Enough, enough babbling. I, you know, babbling is my job. I'm just <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's great. That's great. We're in this new series I'm really excited about called Portraits, and uh, we're going to be reading. Before I do it, are you guys, you guys ready to hear the Word of God? No, no. Are you guys ready to hear the Word of God? Yes, because God is going to do something miraculous in each person's life. So, you know, each time we come here together, you have to anticipate. The disciples anticipated God doing something or Jesus doing something miraculous, like, all the time. So when we come into this place... We need to anticipate that God's going to do something absolutely miraculous in each of our lives and in our church. Well, First Chronicles 4, 9 and 10 says this. Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain, he says. So God granted him what he requested. So as I'm going through this, I'm studying this, this prayer of Jabez, if you will, as I'm going through this, if you look at the context, it's in a long line of genealogies, okay? So you're reading through First Chronicles. You know, you go through, read through the Bible, and you read, and this guy begat that guy, and this guy, and then he had these three sons, and you're kind of thinking to yourself, you know, is this... Can I just skip this part, you know, I mean, to help me get through the Bible quicker? And it, you're, you, if you do that, though, you miss things. And you're, you're in this long line of genealogies. Then all of the sudden, God stops to point out a man named Jabez and his prayer. So, ding, da, ding, da, ding, boom. And all of a sudden, it talks, First Chronicles 4, 9, and 10, it starts talking about now Jabez was more honorable and telling a little bit of a story about this one person named Jabez. God says that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And, and, and as I was reading through that, I believe it's because Jabez is a man who walked with God, right? He lived in the presence of God. You, God's not going to pull this out unless you have a man like this who's living in the presence of God. And we know that because God answers his request. It's reflected in the, in the truth of his prayer. See, when we live in the presence of God, we become bold. When we live in the presence of God, we become bold. Why? Because we know God. If you know your God, then you expect your God to do great things. You're anticipating, like I said in the beginning, you're anticipating God to do something great. And so therefore, you're anticipating that great God to do something great in your life. So Jabez was bold. His prayer was bold. People who live in the presence of God, people who walk with God, they stand out. This person, this person, this person, bam. And then Jabez. They, they stand out in Scripture. Think about it. Think about this. In our world today, we live, we live in a world of excuses. People love to make excuses. People who make excuses for their own choices. People make excuses for the choices of others. And a world full of excuses, expectations, I deserve, and, and excuses. Some people are honestly in this life, and you see it. They start out, they're given so much, right? They start out in the, with a wonderful family living in the right part of town and they have the opportunities for certain jobs and they can go to whatever school because they have the resources. They start out with so much and they do so little with it. They do so little with what they have been given. 
others like Jabez do the opposite. They do the opposite. Now, his mother named him Jabez. It says, because I bore him in pain. So his name basically means pain or he makes sorrowful. That's your name. That's what your name means. Pain or he makes sorrowful. Thank you, mom. Thank you for that. That's my name, right? Uh, he makes sorrowful. Um, so so it, it, it doesn't, he doesn't start out with, can you think of Joshua and David? Go look up the names of some of these men, all right, and women. Look up their names, what the name means. Jabez doesn't start out with a, a great name. He doesn't start out with a powerful name. As a matter of fact, in his culture, his name, if you will, was a detriment to him. People knew what names meant. Right. They understood what a person's names name meant. So Jabez started out with in a deficit, if you will. And then you start thinking about our lives. How many of us in this room, how many of us who are listening kind of thing have started out life with a deficit? Right. You started out with a deficit. Maybe you grew up in the wrong part of town. You grew up in the wrong place, wrong side of the tracks. Or maybe it was your mom or your dad, your family, where they were a deficit to you. Because of they, their behavior and how they lived their lives. And that you started out with a deficit. Maybe you had a learning disability when you were younger. Made it more difficult for you to get through school. Maybe you, maybe you were abused or something happened to you. And, and, but it doesn't, whatever it is, it, your, your, early, your early beginning was challenging. It was really, really challenging. It was difficult for you to, to overcome. So, you know, some people start out with, they've got it all and they do little with it. Jabez started out with, you know, not that much, and especially a, a, not a great name. But then he does the opposite. This guy was not going to let his beginning dictate his ending, if you will. He wasn't going to allow the beginning of his life to dictate the ending of his life. So he prays this prayer. He prays this incredible prayer. And, he, he, and it's not just the words. God doesn't really, God knows the heart. God is moved by the heart. God's moved by what's going on inside. The words that come out don't have to be eloquent. Okay? But he prays this prayer and, mirac- and, and he really gets God's attention. His prayer is so dynamic that the Bible quotes it word for word, okay? Lays it out word for word, and then to top it all, to top it all off, God grants his request. Basically grants the man's request. So he prays his prayer, he gets God's attention, not just because of the words he says, but really because of, of what's going on, what's stirring in his heart. So here's what I'd like to do. I want to walk through this prayer and learn from this man who, who was able to get God's attention in this way, to where the Bible basically stops this genealogy and mentions this guy and word for word lays out the man's prayer. Who was this, right? And what can we learn from a man who could grab God's attention. So first the prayer says, oh, that you would bless me indeed. So I'm reading through this. And I'm thinking, OK, what is a blessing? Right. Because oh, I'm blessed. He's blessed. They're blessed. Bless you. You know, that kind of, what, what, what is a blessing? Well, there are two distinct ideas that are present. And this is just I'm going to I'm not going to give you the entire okay, exegesis, the whole thing of what a blessing is. But there are two distinct uh, ideas in a blessing. First, a blessing is a public declaration of, of, of favored status with God. So it's a public declaration of a favored status with God. Now, 
that doesn't always mean that you're going to get more. Okay, you get more. That's what, that's what human beings think. They think that God loves me and God's blessing me. I'm going to get more. I'm going to get more fame. I'm going to have more money. than I'm going to be rich, richer than other people. I'm going to have more of what this world has to offer. That's what we think. That is not always the case. Do people who are blessed by God sometimes become, get, get wealth? Yeah, they do. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they get fame. Sometimes, sometimes they get those kinds of things, but not all the time. All right. If you're being blessed, doesn't mean that you get more stuff. You get more than other people. Sometimes, listen, think about this. Okay. Think about this will help you a lot. Sometimes those who are blessed the most go through the most suffering. Right? Think about this. Think about this. I give you as an example. He was the most blessed. Okay. Right? Favor with God. Okay. He was God. All right. So he was the most blessed human to ever walk the earth. Person ever walked the earth. And he was also the person who suffered the most. So let that sink in. I know as humans were like, no, blessing means I don't suffer. No, it does not. No, it does not. Sometimes those who are blessed the most. I went through the hymns, right? Last couple of weeks, we're going through the hymns and who wrote, you know, it is well and amazing grace. And sometimes those who are blessed the most go through the most suffering. And again, all I need to do is name Jesus in this in this example. And it gives you all that you need. The most blessed and went through the most suffering. So we can't say, well, blessing, you know, blessing means I get more stuff. And that's the way that's the way it's going to work out. Second, blessing brings power to succeed within the call that God has on your life. Blessing gives you the power to succeed in the call that God has on your life. A blessing guides and motivates us, right? We get blessing. We're guided and we're motivated to pursue a course of life within that blessing, to pursue that course, what has God purposed for me to do? What has God called me to do? A blessing gives you that motivation, gives you that encouragement, gives you that guidance to pursue that course of life within the blessing. In other words, find out where God has blessed you and pursue that course. Find out, okay, where God is blessing you and then pursue that particular course. It's in God's nature to bless his people. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then God will bless you in different areas of your life. God will bring blessing. He desires to bring blessing on your life because it has an impact on the lives of everyone. In Genesis 12, 2, it says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. That's important right there. You shall be a blessing, a blessing. When you are blessed, it's not like, man, I'm blessed. You're not. That's your problem, right? I got more of this. I got more of that. If you get blessed, you are to be a blessing to others. When God blesses you, all of those around you should share in that blessing. Should, should, we should share in that blessing. When we live out God's blessing in our lives, it should truly impact the lives of those all around us. 
Right. We were talking the June swoon kind of thing. We called it. We said, you know, there's so many things going on in around the world that we need to continue to take care of. The, the students in our in our youth ministry are doing some dynamic things and we need to continue to to help fund some of those things to move those things forward because the the students are feeling a blessing of God and they're they're recognizing, hey, wait a second. I can do this. I can do this and I can do this. And they're, and they're being motivated and they're, being, and they're pursuing that blessing in their life because they're seeing that the work that I'm doing is, is changing other people's lives and they're saying that they feel loved because of what I did. And, and so what we need to do is continue to bring resources and push that forward. But when we have a blessing, it's that blessing, when we learn what God is doing through our lives, that blessing should go and impact the lives of others. So, in other words, if God blesses you with resources, time, talents, treasures, you need to use those time, those talents, and those treasures to bless others. Because if you don't, hear me out, and this is just reality, if you don't, your blessing becomes a curse. You think, uh, people say, well, whoever dies with the most stuff wins. Oh, no. Oh, not at all. If you are blessed by God and you do nothing with what God has given you except to benefit yourself, that is not a blessing. It may have started out of God blessing, okay? But if you take it all to yourself and don't do it, it's not a blessing, my friend. It becomes a curse, okay? You will be judged for that instead. So Jabez prayed for God's best in his life. He says, that's what he says. He says, bless me indeed, okay? He says, bless me indeed. In other words, bless me, uh, like if we were saying say, bless me a ton. I mean, God, rain down your blessings on me. Just bless me indeed. I, I'm looking for, I want, I want all, I want to open up, I want to open up this vessel that you've given to me, and I want you to just pour into me till my cup is overflowing. Just bless me indeed. Then he says, enlarge my territory. Basically, what he's saying here is what the New Testament says is, God, I, I want you to do immeasurably more than all I could ever ask or imagine. Enlarge my territory. I, I want you to be doing things in my life that I would never even comprehend to ask you to do. But you know it's my heart that you would use me and work through me. So God, I'm just saying enlarge my territory. See, here's the thing. Didn't you ever want to do more than you thought you were capable of doing? You. Didn't you ever want to do more than you thought you were capable of doing or, or be more than you thought you were capable of being? If you work within your blessing, you can. You can. I want you to just, just think about this. You need to find out where God is working, okay, where God is doing something really miraculous or innovative, whatever else, and then you need to take your blessing and get involved there. You know, because maybe what they're doing is really amazing, but they don't have the resources necessary that you would bring, that your blessing, God has blessed you, now what do I do? Well, there's something really cool going on over here. I'm going to bring my blessing over here and I'm going to I'm going to invest in what they're doing and we're going to take off here. So you do that. Or if God has called you specifically to do something and blessed you, what you want to do is find people who are blessed in other areas and you want to bring them together, bring their blessings in. OK, the more blessed people, the better. Right. 
The more people with the more gifts and everything who have been blessed by God, bring those people around. Ask them to be a part of what God is calling you to do. Part of the reason sometimes you have a vision or you have a dream or you want to do something and it doesn't really work out is because we as humans get this. God gives us something and then we run off and, you know, you know, oh, God told me, God told me that I should. And then you go off and try to do it. If God calls me to go fight a lion, right? I'd rather grab seven other guys with guns to go fight the lion, right? It's smarter, right? I, I got a spear. Go get him. Is there any, is there any prerequisites I have to do this? Lord? No, no, you just have to. Okay, I'm going to you and 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 you. Grab your rifles and let's go, let's go hunt the lion. Is it, what are you going to be? What's more effective? Me with a spear, all you with automatic weapons, right? You can get the job done. That's what God, sometimes we don't accomplish what God has for us because we go off and try to do it on our own. And then we wonder, well, I don't understand. God gave me this vision. God gave me this dream. And I don't understand why it's not coming true. Sometimes it's not coming to fruition because we're trying to do it on our own instead of listening to God and also allowing other people to be a part of that. And that sometimes means, honestly, and this is hard, you may have a vision. Someone else might be better than you at fulfilling that vision. And sometimes you need to take a back seat a little bit and let that person do what God has gifted and blessed them to do and drive it forward. That's hard sometimes, though, so people don't want to do it. But he's saying, oh, God, I want you to, I want you to just enlarge my territory. Enlarge my territory. Surround yourself with those people. That's, that's how Jabez wanted to live his life. Outside, okay, outside of his own ability. Are you reading into this now? Think about it. Jabez wants to live his life outside of his own ability. I want to do more than I think I'm capable of doing. I want to be more than I think I'm capable of being. I want you to expand my territory. I want you to enlarge my territory, Lord God. That's what happens when you live an anointed life. And I'm going to talk to you about what anointed means in a second. But that's what it means when you live an anointed life, to live outside of your own ability. When God gives you that blessing, when you live a blessed, anointed life, you want God to use you. See, if, if you're trying, you're living in the presence of God and you're living out, you're, you're trying to live out your blessing and you, you feel like God has anointed you in some way, you, you want to, you want God to use you. You're desiring God to use you. You're saying, I no longer want to, to here, here's the thing. We have our Bibles and we read through this, right? We've gone through these series and we've gone through Joseph and Moses and, and Caleb and Joshua and read these stories and, and they fire you up. They really get me fired up, right? I read them and I get all worked up. My testosterone level gets going. I, I read about this woman and that guy and, you know, and we read it. But here's the thing. When, when, when this happens to you, when you say to God, expand my territory, God, I want, I want you to bless me in this area. What you're saying is, I just don't want to read about these stories. I want to live them. 
Like, I want to live them out. I want, I want my story to be, if you will, be told. I want my kids to look at me when I'm going to pass on. And I want them to tell my story of how I started. They started out here with so many things against them. And they made their way and they pushed their way and they made their way to the promised land. And you basically are saying, I want to live that out. You're saying, Lord, I want to walk across the water. Give me that opportunity. I want to pass through the sea. I want to face the giants. I want to go into the, I want to be able to have the faith to walk into the fiery furnace. Lord, I want to, I want to take on whatever you have for me to take on. I just don't want to read about these things. I want to live them out in my own life. Lord, let me live without limitations. That's what he's saying. Expand my territory. Enlarge my territory. I want to live without limitations. See, we need as Christians to take the limitations off of Jesus Christ and allow him to work freely in our lives. And we don't do that. Sometimes it's like, well, you know, I'm a Christian, but I don't want to pray enlarge my territory or God use me this way or because he might. He just might. And what is he going to ask me to do? And so you're afraid. Walk across what? That's a good story, but I'm not really sure. And so we we limit Jesus Christ's power. The power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ lives in us. And we're kind of like, well, just a little, little bit out here and there. A little, little, I'll pray a prayer. But we're not, we're not letting, it's like we're binding him, if you will, in our own life. We need to let him loose. We need to say, God, I no longer want to limit how you, how you choose to work in my life. God owns me. I am not my own. I was bought at a price. God owns Jeff Greer. And I need to be able to say to God, you own me. Do what you want to do in my life. Allow me to overcome the fear of the limitations that I have. Allow me to overcome all the things that were burdened, the burdens that were placed on me from the past. Use me, God. I no longer want to limit how you choose to use me. We need to stop limiting the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is what Jabez is saying. I don't want to limit the work of the Spirit in my life. I don't want to limit the work of God in my, in my life. The Hebrew word, it's this word enlarge, it also means to increase, to bring in abundance, to multiply, to ex- extend the dimensions, if you will, to, to make greater. That's what it means. So extend, to make greater, enlarge. I want it to be greater. I want it to be more than I could ever ask or imagine. It's it's now to enlarge, he says, enlarge my territory. To enlarge your territory means also to push the bounds, to push the limitations, to push beyond the borders of where I am right now. So, all right, let's just say, start out here, right? Joseph, he's in bondage. We break free. We overcome the things that are holding us back. We're going to fight. And so so we start moving through and we're talking about, right, Daniel and how Daniel can, he's the guy who gives us conviction to keep moving forward forward and, and the strength to do that. And then we reach the promised land. Now we're in the promised land. We think, well, we arrived. But now I'm there. And God's done miraculous things. I'm living in the presence of God. Now what? Now what? I'm still here. I'm still breathing. I want to expand my territory. I want to expand my territory. I want to push. I want more. I want. And that's not greedy. I'm talking spiritually. I want more. I want to do more for you. I want to achieve more for you. I've overcome so many things. But that Lord, that's not enough. That is not enough. 
I want you to do more in my life. I want you to expand the limitations, the boundaries, the borders. See, people who live in the... Pre- Here's the reality, okay? And you can just judge yourself. People who live in the presence of God don't want just to be religious. They don't want a dried up old rickety faith, right? They don't, they don't want a, just a dried up faith. They, they want more. They, want, they, don't want, they don't want a, 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 a spiritually dead life or, or a life of really of spiritual ease, if you will. They're not looking for, you know, my goal is to get into the promised land and just live in mediocrity. Live in spiritual media. Yay, I've made it. Because number one, if you, that's your goal, you're not going to get there. You're not going to live. You are not constantly going to live in the presence of God. If your attitude is, ah, religion's fine. And, you know, my faith is dried up and whatever, but it's still faith. And, and mediocrity, is that's my thing. People who are seeking the presence of God, who are living in the presence of God, want more than religion. They want more than their dried up faith. They want more than spiritual mediocrity or spiritual ease. They want, listen, they want more of God's plan. They want, they want more of, they want more of God's plan. They want more of God's blessing. They want more of God's anointing. They want more and they want more. And here's the thing. They want it. They want it. They'll start here and they're going to go toward it. And they're moving and they're moving. They want more. And they reach the promised land. They want even more. And here's the thing. Anything standing in their way is going to be moved. Because their goal is what Jabez is talking about. It is going to be moved. In, in, uh, in Joshua seventeen fourteen through 18, we read this. Then the children of Joseph spoke to Joshua saying, Why have you given us only a lot and one share to inherit? Since we are a great people inasmuch as the Lord has blessed us until now. We have this heritage of blessing. We're a great people. You give us this little space over here. That's not going to work. So Joshua answered them, If you are a great people, then go up to the forest country and clear a place for yourselves there in the land of the, of the Prezites and the giants. There's giants. Remember all those giants. Since the mountains of, of Ephraim are too confined for you. See, expand. Let us out. We want more. But the children of Joseph said, the mountain country is not enough for us. Not still not enough. And all the Canaanites who dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron. We know they're strong. Both those who are of Beth Sheen and its town and those who are of the valley of Jezreel. And, and Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph, to, to, to Ephraim and to Manasseh, saying, you are a great people and have great power. You shall not have only one lot, but the mountain country shall be yours. Although it is wooded, you shall cut it down and its furthest extent shall be yours. Expand whatever you basically whatever your eyes can see with their furthest extent. That will be yours for you shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots and are strong. We need to have the courage to ask God to bless us. God, pour down your blessings on us. We need to ask God to bless our lives. We need to ask him to increase our territory. And then we need to drive forward. We need to drive out any fear that is getting in our way from accomplishing what God has to accomplish us to accomplish. The children of Joseph are saying to Joshua, they're saying, hey, thanks for this. 
Where, have you seen, have you, have, do you know our history? Have you seen us lately? Do you know who we are? You know what we, we don't want, well, there's a place up there and the Canaanites live there and they have iron chariots and they're up there giants. Here, I'll get, here, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you, since I know who you are, I'm going to give you that land. They're like, you know what, that's fine. That's still not enough. They're like Caleb, right? They're like Caleb in his 80s. And he's like, hey, 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 I'm just as strong as I was when Moses sent me out 40 years before. Now he says, I want, to, I want to take on those giants up there in the mountain country. I want to take on those giants. I'm going to extend my boundaries. That's what we need to do. And once God, once God gives that, we need to drive out the fears that stand in our way. We need to drive out, and you all have, we all have them, and that's what keeps us. Because we hear the sermon, and we're like, yes, this is totally true, and God's going to work in my life, and we get out that door, and Satan starts talking to us. He wasn't talking to you. Think he was talking to you? you? You know what you are. You're a coward. You've been beaten. You're, you, you know, you, so you're just lucky to be in church and even hear the sermon. You, he's not talking about you. Now, I'm telling you that's a lie from the pit of hell, right? That is a lie from the pit of hell. He is talking. This is talking to you. What do we pray in the very beginning? God, do something miraculous in my life. He's talking to me. He's talking to you. And I don't care what your background is. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what mistakes you've made in the past. He's talking to you and saying, you, you put, a, you put, you put a, a line in the sand and you move forward. See, once we're in the promised land... Once we're in God's presence, our goal is to expand and expand and expand and become more and more and more like Jesus Christ. We stop growing in Jesus when we stop breathing. I don't care if you're 60 or 70 or 90 or 110. You stop growing in Jesus. My father, my father is, is dying, basically. He's got a couple of weeks left to live. And so I spent this week up there with him in Virginia, in Roanoke. And he, he got lucid for just, he, he had a stroke and he's got, you know, some dementia. And it, it, it's just not a good, not a pretty thing. And for God's blessing, he gave him about two hours for us to get a chance to talk to him like, I'm, like we're interacting right now. Clear-minded, it was, it was miraculous. He came back, like he came back for a couple hours. But one of the things I said to him was, because I know his personality because I have it, I know his personalities. Two weeks ago, he's digging a ditch around his properties. He's digging a, he's 81 years old. He's got a shovel and he's digging a ditch and he's walking on riprap. He's like, he's, you know, walking around those. This is who he is. I know who he is. And what I said to him was, dad, now you're confined to this bed. And the doctor says you have weeks or whatever. I don't, you know, I think it's more because he's, it's hard to kill a Greer. But it, he's got, he's got a, a, some time to live. And I said to him, here's what your purpose is. He said, I said, you are confined to this bed right now. And if you can get up, you can get up. But I said, your purpose is to spend time in the presence of God. Let him tell you things he can never tell you before because you're going, 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 going. Now you have he has your full attention. You can spend this time in the presence of God. You can learn things you've never learned before. He'll speak to you only the way he can speak to you. So listen be quiet. Allow him to speak to your heart, whether you're in or out, whatever the case may be. Allow God to speak to your heart. My brother said to me, that was so good for you to tell him because dad needs something to do. Dad needs a purpose. 
Even though he's confined to bed, he still he can still do something. That's what I'm saying. Until you take your last breath, you still have purpose. You can still be in the presence of God. God can still teach you. You might as well take the time for him to teach you because you're going to spend eternity with him. So you might as well get a head start, right? On what God wants to do and what God wants to say. And we had that opportunity. It was it was miraculously beautiful to be able to pray with my dad and to tell him that. And the smile on his face, he reached up and put his hand on my head, like kind of like a blessing, if you will, while he was still there. That's what I'm talking about. We, we, we never stop growing in our relationship with Christ. We need, we need to, before we end up on our deathbeds, we need to leave our comfort zone and be willing to enter the new, dynamic, abundant life that God has designed us to live. I mean, someday, all, every single one of us is going to be in the position where we're laying in that bed at some point. No one's going to make it out of here alive. Okay? We're all going to die. Before that happens, we need to. We need to get out of our comfort zone and we need to live out the abundant, dynamic God, the life that God has called us to live. Next, he says, that your hand would be with me. People use the word anointed a lot, I think. People, he's anointed, she's anointed. Oh, they're anointed. But what you think, what does anointed mean? The simplest way to to explain anointing is when God gives you all gifts, okay? So you have that gift. When that gift and the Holy Spirit meet, that's anointing. When the Holy Spirit of God meets your gift and you turn over that gift to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes in and works through your gift, that's an anointing. People can be gifted and people can be very, very dangerous. Some of the most dangerous people I've ever worked with in my life, spiritually dangerous, were those who were the most gifted I've ever met in my entire life. They had skill, but they become arrogant, prideful, and that's, you, you've, been, you've been spiritually abused sometimes in churches and everything. That's where that comes from. Because the person is gifted, but they're not anointed. And there's a difference. Rick Warren told me, he said, I can't stand spending time with mega church pastors. I'd much rather spend time with church planters. I can't stand spending time with mega church pastors. And that's exactly what he meant. When person's gift and the Holy Spirit do not meet, they're very dangerous because you're enamored by them. Oh, he's such a good speaker. She's such a great blah, 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 and all this. But the Holy Spirit didn't, and this person can become very, very dangerous. So anointing is when your gifts and the Spirit come together, and that's where you see the blessing. There is nothing more powerful on this earth than a person who is blessed and anointed by God. Nothing. When the hand of God is on someone, because it says, it says that your hand would be with me, when the hand of God is truly on someone, truly on them, heaven rumbles with excitement and hell shudders, quakes in fear. People think, oh, the demons, oh, the demons, oh, the demons. Greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. A demon runs up against someone who is blessed and anointed. That's not a fair fight. We are not on the losing end of that battle. Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. And when he lives in us, the power of the resurrection is in us. The Holy Spirit's working through us. There's nothing more powerful than that. Do you know that God, in all of his glory, in all of his power, wants to put his hand on you? On you. 
You, personally, on you. What I found interesting as I studied this passage is that the Hebrew word used here refers to an open hand. It's an, it's an open hand. God, God is giving us, he comes to us with open hands. He wants to help us. He wants to guide us. He wants to encourage us. He wants to give us strength. He wants to drive us forward. That's God's desire, that he would give us what we need and that he would drive us forward. It means that God has the power, the resources, and the ability to direct our lives, to direct our path. God has the power, the resources, and the ability. He give it to us, okay? He give us all that to direct our lives, to move our lives forward. And for some reason, we, for some reason, we choose not to live in the power of Jesus Christ. We choose to live instead in weakness. We have the power of the risen Christ in us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. But instead of living in abundance, we choose to live in weakness. We have to ask ourselves. We can't leave this place without asking ourselves why. We really, I mean, you've got to ask yourself why. Why are you living a powerless life when you can live in the power of Jesus Christ? Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it reminds us, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. We need to pray that the hand of God would be on on each one of us and we need to move forward okay in that knowledge and in that truth we need to pray that next he says that you would keep me from evil that i would not cause pain that i may not cause pain in order to live out god's blessing in order to truly truly live out god's blessing we need to keep ourselves from sin okay and causing evil in other people's lives If we're going to live out God's blessing in our own life, we're going to live out that anointing in our own lives. We need to make sure that we are not living in a life of sin or of evil. Sin doesn't just affect you. It affects everyone around you. It doesn't just affect me when I sin. It doesn't just affect me. It has an effect on everyone around me. Sometimes our lives in our lives, we we start out, like I said in the beginning, with some strikes against us. We start out with strikes against us because of the choices that other people have made. We are scarred, if you will, before we even get out of the starting gate. Again, let's go back to Jabez. Look at his name, okay? See, and here's the thing. In my experience, when, when most people... When most people start out tough like that, scarred before they even get out of the starting gate, most people give up and fail. You know why? Because they see themselves as a victim. They see themselves as a victim. They see themselves as unworthy. They see themselves as somehow damaged. And as they go through, people keep reminding them and telling them that it's God is the one who created you. Someone may have scarred you, but God is the one who created you. He has a bigger and stronger and expanded plan for your life. But what happens is we believe the lies instead of living out the truth of God's word. Jabez did not allow others to dictate the direction of his destiny. Let me say that again. Jabez did not allow others to dictate the direction of his destiny and his life. Jabez grew up with a mom that basically named him pain. 
Okay? Pain or he makes sorrowful. And instead of allowing, and instead of allowing that, he, they, he was labeled is what I'm saying. He was labeled. Instead of allowing that label to dictate his destiny, instead of allowing that label to determine his future, he let his father have the last word in his life, not his mother, his heavenly father. He didn't, the, God had the last word in Jabez's life. Sometimes the sin of other people spills out into our lives. The sin of your mom, the sin of your dad, the sin of your family, the sin of your rel- some relatives, maybe friends, maybe strangers. It, they, 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 it spills out. Their sin spills out into your life in all kinds of, whether it's verbal or physical, their sin spills out into your life. Here's the thing. This is what I'm trying to tell you. When someone tries to label you with their words or through their actions, you need to push back hard. When someone tries to label you through their actions or through their words, you need to push back and you need to push back hard. Oh, that's just, she's just, he'll never amount to... That's just the way he, she is or he's always or he never... His mom called him pain and causes sorrow, but he prayed, listen, he prayed that he would not cause pain. This is my personal opinion. In my personal opinion, that's a prayer of defiance. His name is pain or he will cause sorrow. When he prays, do not let, allow me to be involved in evil or to cause pain, exclamation point. What he's saying is, it doesn't matter what I was labeled. God, you created me. I want to live out your plan for my life, not some label that people put on me. Oh, they're drug addicts. Oh, they're, they're this, or they're the homosexuals, or they're, they're the, whatever you want to, oh, they're, 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 oh, he's, he's a loser, or he's got a bad temper, or he's this, or, you know, she's always been, or, you know, they're, she's got, you know, she, her, whatever, it doesn't matter, whatever it is, people want to label us. Here's the difference. You, I'm going to use myself, you can't label me. You say, well, why, why can't I label you? Because I am a child of God. I'm an adopted son. The Holy Spirit lives in me. And because the Holy Spirit lives in me, I am constantly changing. So you could say, well, he has bad temper. No, I don't. That was three years ago. I've con- God helped me control my temper. Well, he is so impatient and blah, blah. No, I'm not. That was five years ago. Well, you know, you can't. He's so sensitive or, you know, you can't tell him anything. Yeah, you can. That was 10 years ago. Well, she's a, she's a this. No, no, I'm sorry. That's not who she is anymore. That's who she was. That's not who she is. The old is gone. The new has come anymore. Want to throw any more at me? You know why? You know why you can't label me? Because God determines my destiny. God determines my future. I choose to follow God and God determines my future. Didn't anyone ever tell you? Didn't anyone ever tell you that I'm a royal priesthood? I'm a holy nation. I'm a person belonging to God. That's who I am. I know exactly who I am. We sing that song. I know who I am. I know who I am. I know who I am. I am yours and you are mine. I know who I am. I am a joint heir of Jesus Christ. I am a joint heir. I am not the, I am not the name. I am not the name that someone gave me. A pain. A loser. Stupid. Worthless. Not capable. I'm not the... I'm not the I'm a mistake. You're a mistake. 
Some of you have heard that. You're a mistake. I am not the name that someone gave me. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I am not limited by other people's sin. I am living this through the cross of Jesus Christ. I am not limited by what people say about me. I am limitless through the cross of Jesus Christ. The power, there's a deal. I have asked Christ to come into my life and his blood covers me. But here's the way I think about it. It not only covers me, it flows through my veins. The power of Jesus Christ flows through my veins. He has blessed and given me a different name. Jabez's mother named him pain and his father called him blessed. There are three things that make up a person, okay, and who you're going to become. Your genetics. I've said this before and I'm going to keep saying it. Your genetics. Huge. Huge. Play a huge role. You're predisposed to be an alcoholic. You're predisposed to be this. You're predisposed. Fine. That's fine. I, I don't disagree. Yeah, because genetics, right, play a huge role. Environment plays a huge role. You grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. You had all those experiences when you were younger. You had a terrible environment. That's fine. But you know what trumps them all? The Holy Spirit of God. The blood of Jesus Christ flowing through your veins. I am destined not to become like someone in the past in my family. I'm destined to become like my Savior, Jesus Christ. Genetics and environment, equally powerful. The Holy Spirit crushes both of them, and you can overcome it. Think about this. Why did Jabez stand out amongst all these other names that were used in the genealogy? He wasn't, <laughs> the guy wasn't a great prophet. He wasn't a powerful king. He, he didn't have the most wisdom. He never took on any giants. He didn't fight any lions. He didn't, he didn't walk into a fiery furnace. Why? Why was he that way? He was remembered. Why is he even remembered? He's remembered because of his prayer. He's remembered because of his prayer. He grabbed God's attention, not because of who he was, because he looked at his life and he said, I can be more. He looked at his life and he, and, and he, and he said, with God's power, I can do more. He, he took assessment of who he was and said, this is not all that, that, I, that I am. With the power of God in me, God bless me. God have your hand on me. God give me these things. Expand my territory. I may not be that person now, but with God's power, I can become the person that God has created me to be. Instead of submitting to the burden of life's limitations, he said, absolutely not. He asked for the abundance that only God could provide for him. I want it. I want more than this label. I want more than I've been given. I want, I want to be the person you created me to be. He wanted to awaken an et- eternal power that was dormant in his life. He's saying, Lord, wake it up. I, you've created me. I want every single ounce of everything you ever thought when you created Jabez. I want it all. I want it all. Whatever I was destined to do, I want every single bit of it. He was determined to redefine himself and claim his birthright. We have a birthright. We are joint heirs of Jesus Christ. Whatever anyone did to try to take that away from you, you need to reclaim your birthright. And today is the day that we need to do that. We need to pray this prayer. I want you to bow your heads as we close. I want you to bow your heads. And this is what I want to pray. I want us all to pray throughout this week. I want, you, I want to pray that God would say, God bless me. Just say it in your mind. God bless me. And make me a blessing to others. 
bless me. Make me a blessing to others. God, expand my territory. I want to be every ounce of what you've designed and created me to be. God, may your hand be on me. I know I can't do that in and of myself. May your hand, may your open hand be on me. May your hands be on me. And then may you pour out your blessings on me, Lord God, and give me what I need to do to expand that territory. And then God, keep me from evil. Let me not cause pain. Defy any label that anyone has ever put on me. Allow me to defy any label, any word, any action that anyone has inflicted upon me. Let me not pass on the sins, the flaws, the weaknesses, the habits, the hang-ups of my family in the past. But instead, create a new environment. Allow me to create a new environment for my children. Allow me to create a new, a new history for my family. And God, I'll be sure to give you all the praise and all the glory for everything we know you can do. We know you can do it. And we're asking that you would pour into us until we're overflowing. Because that's what Jabez teaches us. To ask with boldness to an awesome God who wants to do incredible things in our lives. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week.